you know, so I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, the environment really sculpting our creativity. And that's why I'm always championing people that are, you know, feeling like, hey, should I take the leap? Should I move to that city? Should I change my environment? I'm always like, do it because you just don't know what that's going to generate. <laughs> I'm Benjamin Gottlieb, and you are listening to Shopify On Location, coming to you today from downtown Los Angeles. You could say skincare runs in the family for Greg Gonzalez. After all, his grandmother made her own skincare formulas more than 40 years ago. Then, in 2015, Greg and his cousin Joe started a skincare company of their own, Youth to the People. But this is not your grandma's face wash we're talking about. For Youth to the People, it's all about injecting a little bit of science into its products. And that has been very successful. In just the last couple of years, Youth to the People became one of the fastest growing direct-to-consumer brands out there. And L'Oreal bought it just last year. Greg is here now today to dive into how we accomplished all of this and to help you out on your own entrepreneurial journey. Greg, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. We're excited too. There is so much to unpack here, right? Uh, you've been able to accomplish what I think many small business owners dream of, right? We're going to get into all of that, but let's start with the beginning if we can. Take us back to your childhood and what it was like growing up around this culture, so to speak, of skincare. Yeah, definitely. I mean, skincare definitely runs deep within the family. And I just spent my childhood, you know, running around my grandmother's skincare business. And my mom was also in the industry and owned a hair salon. And so I spent just a ton of days off school at our hair salon and, and you end up just becoming part of the industry and, and falling in love with it. Um, you know, my first two passions though were, were outside of beauty was actually in baseball and music. And so I grew up uh, playing music and, and playing baseball and that I, I did that through college and was eventually actually drafted by the Mets and followed that path for a while. And it wasn't until I got injured that I came back um, and dove all the way into, into the skincare business, which uh, at this point feels very meant to be. Um, but it's been a long journey. Well, I'm not going to get too into baseball, although I would love to. I threw to. you off. I threw a little <laughs> curveball there. That wasn't in the, uh, in the story. Well, I was but, going to start yeah. getting after you. Know, are you a Giants or an A's guy? I don't know if that's— I'm the, a Giants guy. So okay. I'm a Giants guy. Sanford, born in San Francisco. End of the interview. I'm a Dodgers fan. Just getting oh, That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, you kind of started to learn about some of the building blocks of skincare at a young age, right? Uh, I remember you were telling our team that you knew about complex compounds as a young kid. Yeah, I mean, you end up realizing that, you know, they're when they're, especially because the business was a professional skincare business and there was an advanced institute for estheticians to go and learn there. And so there'd be trainings going on and, you, you know, I would jump in and get facials. And our grandmother actually launched one of the very first hyaluronic acid serums in the U.S. that used a synthetic hyaluronic acid that wasn't from rooster beaks. So, I mean, I was eight years old when I knew that. And then I was like, well, did you know there's sodium hyaluronate and that holds 5,000 times its weight in water? more than regular HA. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I realized like, okay, it's probably not normal information that not every eight or 10 year old knows about hyaluronic acid. Or 35 year old podcast host, hyaluronic acid. What is that? Hyaluronic acid. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a hydrator. So it's an ingredient that originally, um, you know, they would originally get it from rooster beaks. 
and they, they eye surgeons used it as a healing mechanism. So hyaluronic acid is in our bodies. It's in everything. Um, but synthetically, uh, it can be made vegan. It can be made super stable. Um, and so it's just an incredible, like, go-to hydrating and plumping ingredient. Um, and it's just one of those tried-and-true ingredients that really works. For folks who are not with us here, I'm just going to be really honest. I'm looking at Greg, and he does have nice skin, okay? So it's not just, he's not just making this stuff up, right? But it, what an incredible journey from baseball, music, back to skincare. When did you decide, you know what, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to dedicate my life to building this skincare company. Yeah. Well, I, after I got injured uh, when I was playing for the Mets, I was still figuring out really what I wanted to do. And music was really driving me at that time. And so I came back um, from Florida where the spring training facility was. And I moved back to the Bay Area. And I was studying music and music production and sound engineering. And I needed to stay busy. I needed to make money. And so I started to work in my family skincare business. And I started doing anything that I could. And I started on the phones doing customer service and sales. Um, and you learn so much about a product and about what people are looking for um, just by answering questions and talking to people about things that they're looking for and solutions. I spent time in the warehouse. It did a horrible job, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> horrible job trying to manage the warehouse, uh, which is like a, my family will joke about. And eventually, I made my way into my mom's office who was handling brand and marketing. And I started to work on copy for products, website copy, um, product positioning, names of product, what are the colors, what, what are the bottles? And I fell in love with that as much as anything I've ever been passionate about in my life. Like, I just felt like this really was something I could spend, you know, the rest of my life doing in a way. Um, and so I started renaming products, working on all of that. And that's where I found my sweet spot, really, within the industry. You found your sweet spot there. And then let's fast forward a little bit because you decide to move to Los Angeles, Bay Area boy, moving down to Los Angeles, Santa Monica specifically. This is Santa 2013, Monica. right? Yes. Um, and this is right around the time, I think we could say pretty accurately, of this big wellness movement kind of in Los Angeles, right? Healthy eating, healthy living, but also what you put on your body. What role do you think your surroundings being in Los Angeles played into founding your business? Huge. I think without moving to, to LA, youth of the people isn't born. Something's born, but not the brand that you see. Uh, it's, you know, so I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, the environment really sculpting our creativity. And that's why I'm always championing people that are, you know, kind of feeling like, hey, should I take the leap? Should I, should I move to that city? Should I change my environment? I'm thinking about, you know, moving from this apartment to this part of the city, I'm always like, do it because you just don't know what that's going to generate. You know, an idea, creativity. And so moving to, to LA was just a big part of it because I was spending all of this time walking around that area during that wellness explosion. And around just, Santa Monica. Santa Monica, yeah, in 2011, 2012. And every, you know, every direction I turned, there was a juice shop. There's all these cold, cold-pressed juice shops, all these superfoods coming in, um, and just a well, you know, just a wellness mentality that I had never experienced before. Um, and so, yeah, from the cold-pressed juice to the kale smoothie at Misfits, it was like, you know, the light bulb just kind of going off, like, wow, what if we harness these ingredients into skincare and cold-press them and bring in the science and the cosmetic chemistry that, that we 
know so well from a formula perspective. And Joe and I just started having all of these calls back and forth. And he was seeing this happen as well. And um, it really led to that, okay, I think there's something from an ingredient side that is speaking to us. And I think that's an important part, right? Like when you're going to launch a business, like you want something that truly, truly speaks to you. Um, Cause that's how you're going to find your white space and like find your voice and your truth within like a crowded space, which everything's crowded. So I never <laughs> like, people are like, Oh, it's a tough space. It's crowded. I'm like, well, everything is like, so it's just about like, are you, how much do you, you know, are you passionate? How do you see an opportunity and, you know, starting small, you know, I think is important. Yeah. There are 8 billion of us. So yes, it's very crowded, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm here chatting with Greg yeah. Gonzalez, co-founder of Youth to the People. I want to get into very quickly, if we can, the idea of looking at superfoods and taking this and turning it into a skincare product. I yeah. mean, that seems, seems so out of the box to me. How did you start to think like, you know, this is something I can actually open up a door here and unlock something in this movement, in this wellness movement that isn't here yet? Yeah, well, I mean, I think like, that like the 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 marriage or harmony between like nature and science is something that goes back decades within skincare and so there's always been this search for antioxidants in plants um nutrient rich plants and that into you know really effective skincare so i really just looked at it as like well let's look at the antioxidant level let's look at the phytonutrient level of these plants um and just harness that into skincare. And so it's just about finding the nutrient-rich plants, I think. And kind of having that sort of literacy and, and knowing where to look. Uh, I think it's really, I think I should say, I'm not rather savvy when it comes to this stuff, <laughs> right? I mean, I think for some people that are listening yeah. to, like, I don't know what's in my conditioner, right? But we do trust brands to pick things for us that we believe are to be safe, right? So how do you specifically start to choose which ingredients you put into your your facial cleanser or a cream or a lotion? What's the process? For yeah, that? Uh, well, it can come from different. It's it's sort of a, a combination of a few different things. I mean, one is like, you know, getting actually getting the early inspiration, and that can come from, you know, something that we're drinking or eating. It can come that simple, right? Um, or it can, you know, one of the things that Joe and I love to do is you know, travel to raw ingredient manufacturers, you know, in the U.S., but also around the world. Like, there's an amazing one in South Korea. Um, there's one in Italy. And you can actually meet with the raw ingredient manufacturers there and sort of get the newest forms of actives, preservative systems, emulsifiers. And so you can kind of build those relationships with them there. Um, now being at the L'Oreal, with the L'Oreal family, they have incredible R&D. So, I mean, one of the coolest things that, like, you know, we'll geek out on is just going to visit their R and D, uh, labs. And so it's a, it's a combination of all of those things. And, and, um, also taking a lot of trial and error from other products that you've made over the years. And that was like something we were able to really bring in was we had made so many cleansers, serums and masks and creams over the years from my grandmother's first, uh, formulas with her chemist. And then my mom and my aunt Lori, that we had made, you know, 14 moisturizers before the superfood air whip moisturizer came out for you to the people. So like anything in life, it's also just learning from, hey, that didn't work as well as we thought. We worked three years on that product and the texture still is not something <laughs> that's that great. And, uh, you know, you apply that to the next to the next thing. 
Yeah, we're going to get to L'Oreal a little bit later in this interview. I want to ask you a few questions about that. Uh, yeah. But let's put on our white science cloaks for a moment, right? Polypeptide 121. Not something I'm familiar with, but it's something you're very familiar with. It's a key ingredient in some of your products. Uh, can you tell us what exactly it is and, and why you guys are using it? Yeah, so polypeptide 121 is a super cool new peptides. And peptides... Uh, you know, they're building blocks, amino acids, and they can they can do multiple things. They can help with skin firming. They can help with calming, with soothing. Um, and this particular one is made by uh, a biotech company named Geltor in the Bay Area, and they specialize in uh, biotech collagen uh, from a special fermentation process. And so what that does is just mimics the sequence of human collagen. And so it's, it's really cool because you're getting a beautiful moisturizer. It's great for what a moisturizer should do, dryness and moisturizing your skin, but it's also going to help strengthen and firm. So it's a really, a really cool new product. It sounds cool. Thank you for the science lesson. I appreciate it very <laughs> yeah, much. There we go. I'm chatting with Greg Gonzalez, co-founder of Youth to the People. Greg, you, you've been so successful in selling your products, right? I mean, it's evident. You've got a very robust organic content pipeline, I think. Uh, why has that worked for you? Why are you so passionate and um, motivated by creating organic content on your website and about your community? Well, we, I mean, community is everything for us. And we really came up, um, you know, super indie and got yeah. our brand going without a lot of marketing budget. And so, that relationship that we built on social, people wanting to share our products, wanting to tell their story through our products, people that were inspired by, you know, our message and our shared values. Uh, it really is the driving force uh, for everything we do. I mean, people are in our name. And so um, it, we're always just like excited to see all of the content they're, they're creating and, and uh, you know, featuring that on our, on our channels and, and, and building together. But it didn't just start right there, right? I mean, you started from ground zero, right? From the bottom. So I think for a lot of folks, we have a lot of people who are listening who are trying to start their own business or have a business and want to achieve what you've been able to achieve. Any ideas or maybe some pieces of advice for those folks who are looking to really get the type of shareability that Youth yeah. of the People has? I mean, I think start focused and start small, meaning like we all have ideas of how big something can get. And I think that's the exciting part. It's like, I know where this can go. I feel it in my in my heart that it can be this big. But also, but what is the thing that needs to come out first? And what's like the, the you know the the truest essence of what your brand stands for that you can share with people and see how they respond to that? Because usually, if it if it has that somewhat of that it factor that people are looking for, you know there will be some shareability, and then you can look at how you can build and, and grow from there. Sometimes the thing that we think is the greatest thing we've ever made is not. I mean, the people, the people choose that in a way, and that's a, that's a beautiful part of it. When you say start focused, you mean focused on one particular product or an, uh, or an area of focus? Yeah, mean? I mean, I think if we're talking specifically within consumer goods or, or beauty uh, specifically, you can really make some momentum by one or two products, even one amazing product. I've seen so many great brands start with just one hero product or, you know, for us, it was three products and one really took off. Um, so it's not always the case. Everything's always a little different. Um, you only have so much attention and so many resources. Sure. So it's much more effective sometimes to do one or two things really well than uh, be passionately working at all of these different things. But it's actually... Um, not allowing you to put resources into something that can really grow and prosper. 
Well, I think one of the things, and I, you probably agree, one of the things you guys do really well is your website. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that in the early days, Shopify drove your site. It was a big part of oh, what you guys talk did. About, come on. That's why, that's <laughs> but, why we're here. You know, listen, um, the website right now, when you navigate it, I think one of the really cool features you have is that you can search not just by price, but also by like condition. Do I have oily skin? Am I prone to breakouts? Um, that's a really cute. I mean, I usually search by price. That's just me. <laughs> but you have something for everyone. I mean, it, why did you decide to build something like that where it's super easy for people to look at stuff from a different perspective? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a path that we all want to take people on, um, you know, when we're building out our website and a path that we hope they go on. Um, but on some level, you want to make it adaptable and easy for however people want to experience it. And what are the things that they're looking for? And for us, yeah, it, uh, it could be a category, a type of product, or, you know, I'm looking for a new face wash, or it could be a concern, dryness, pore, something like that. So I think really big, building a site that allows people to flow with it um, the way that they naturally do is, is super important. Sentences like flow with it, right? These are very LA-isms, I would say. I'm from Los Angeles, I can say that. And it's also permeating on your sites. You have a lot of, let's say, marketing and language that's just very California, very Los Angeles. Um, why do you think that's an effective way to market yourself and your product? Well, I mean, I think it's just built into like who we are. I mean, I'm just, you know, born and raised in California. So I think there's just certain things that, that just come out that way. Um, but, you know, we've always tried to bring, you know, an emotive side into everything that we, that we're doing. Um, and, you know, that's coming with our, our campaign concepts. You'll see it showing up with our apparel, um, but also within the names of our individual products. You know, it's an energy serum, not necessarily a brightening serum. It's a dream right. mask. Um, so concepts of like, you know, free to dream and unity is a solution. They're things that really inspire us. And we, and we like to build that into, into the DNA. Being true to yourself, being true to what you're making. It's all been working really well for Greg Gonzalez, who I'm chatting with today, co-founder of Youth to the People. If you're enjoying this conversation, please follow or subscribe to Shopify Masters wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe leave us a review or some feedback for the show. And thank you so much. Greg, you initially got some funding for Youth to the People here in Los Angeles, specifically from LA investors. Was that important? Why did you make that choice? Why not look for funding, say, in Silicon Valley or across the pond, for example? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think for us, it was something that just naturally happened. You know, we just had a lot of conversations from all over. I mean, you know, great, great groups of people in the Bay Area, New York. Um, so it really wasn't out of our mindset of, it's got to be in LA and that's, they're the only, you know, individuals that'll understand the brand, but it just sort of worked itself out that, that way. Um, but I do think there's, you know, great investment teams and people that really do understand, um, the wellness space and the beverage space and beauty. And so like, this really is, uh, you know, a hub for that. Um, and so, you know, it worked, it worked out since this is our local city. It worked out. Uh, it's a hub for that. And I would imagine, too, for you, just being in Los Angeles, you could see that there was interest in, in the products like this, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it was. And this was our first brand. When we built the brand, it wasn't like, we're going to raise a bunch of money and we're going to do all these things. It really was like a feeling we wanted to create this. We felt like we just wanted to put this brand and this product to the world. And then all of a sudden, it accelerates and you need to figure it out. So for us, it was just a lot of conversations, a lot of learning. 
Um, and, you know, getting to that place where you're feeling comfortable with partnering with people that really understand, you know, how you how you want to grow the business, what you're doing and, and what your goals are. And I think like finding that alignment is super important. If I could drill down just a little bit deeper on that, because yeah. I think for, for many entrepreneurs, they get to this moment where they're like, okay, we've got something, right? We can sell something. Uh, but how do I get the money? How do I get the capital? How do I get the investment? Who do I trust? Is there anything you can speak to when it comes to finding the right partners or the right investment partners, so to speak, the right forms of capital and how you might uh, advise someone who's in that, in that uh, mode right now? Yeah, every, I think every situation can be a little bit different and like when people need to raise money can be different for the business and, and the space that you're in. For us, we really tried to grow, take it as far as we could. That was our that was our mentality. And then from there, when we got into the actual conversations, I think it's important when you're having those those combos is to really pick up on, you know, the things that are really important to you that you're really passionate around the brand. Like one day I want to do this. Well, how do they react to that? Or this retail is really important to me. We don't want to go to this other one right now. How do they react to that? So these things that you find really important, not only to, you know, the brand and, and what it stands for, but also the things that you think are going to keep it on a successful path. Like, you know, what are the, just the natural feeling you get in that room in those conversations that you feel like there really is alignment there. Do you have an example of that? Like, did you have a crazy idea? And then someone was like, yeah, I love that. And you're like, oh, this is, this is our person. I mean, for us, it's always like, you know, youth of people was built to be bigger than skincare and really like a dream of like a true lifestyle brand. So, you know, there's always been conversations of other categories and just crazy products that we want to make. And so, I mean, that's always something that, you know, is almost like a half joke across the, the room, but it's, it's taken the right way. So. so some people were rolling their eyes and others were eating it up. Uh, let's talk about the acquisition, right? Cause that's the, that's the success story. Uh, how did you secure that? This acquisition with L'Oreal? I mean, as I mentioned, when we started, this is probably what most entrepreneurs are aiming for. It's the big one. Yeah, it's definitely the, uh, the journey, uh, a big part of the journey. We're still at the beginning in a way, which is super exciting. The L'Oreal partnership is so cool because we actually, you know, met with them and Carol Hamilton, who's part of L'Oreal, found us like right before as we were launching into Sephora. So, I mean, five years ago and the brand was tiny. And um, they started to fall in love with the brand and the message and what we were doing. And really over the course of years, we started to develop even just a friendship with them. And as we evolved and we grew and they just kept, you know, following us and loving what we were doing. And um, we were inspired by, you know, their values, their bigger mission and just all the innovation happening there. So it really turned into a really organic partnership um, for us. So... Because of that experience at Sephora. Yeah, I mean, the Sephora partnership was a huge part. I mean, Sephora found us when we were, we had 5,000 followers on Instagram. We were tiny. And all of a sudden we got the email, like, that they were interested and wanted to meet. And uh, that, was, that was, like, the huge, like, first big, you know, hands are shaking while you write the email back and delete two sentences eight times to just say, yeah, yeah we'd, we'd like to meet, you know. And then, you know, we went in and there was just so much alignment with what they were doing. And, and they took a chance at us and brought two, two of our products, our cleanser and moisturizer, in store. And um, again, like the, the community, it's all about people just believing what we're doing. And, and they did well. And we started to get momentum from there. You know, one of the things I, I'm always trying to be mindful of and just to everyone that's building something 
really try to embrace every stage because every stage is really beautiful and every stage has struggles in different ways, you know? And so when you're really, really tiny, it's one of the most special times. Like it's so pure and you're getting it going yourself. Um, and then you get start to be able to build a team and you start to feel what that feels like. And then you get a bigger team and get to realize, okay, how do we collaborate? How do we do things different? And wow, now my brand can really accelerate because I've got all this support. And and even all the way to to what we're doing now, I have to like really be diligent to stop and say, hey, like all these stages were so amazing. And I spent so much time, I think we can spend so much time stressed about a lot of it because as entrepreneurs, we're just, we have that drive to get to the next step. There's always the next mountain, right? And so I'm just try to be, you know, really thoughtful of that as much as I can while still embracing the beauty of someone being a maniac that just wants to, to get to the, to the next mountain as well. So it's like, it's the balance. Yeah. I love you just uh, moments ago emoting, writing that nervous email, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and to think about how you'd be so nervous about what you're going to say and then to take your concerns from that moment, f- five years ago, right, at Sephora, to now, what, what, what's on your mind now? What's worrying you now? I mean, how, how, what a juxtaposition, right? Yeah, it's crazy to, to, to think back at that and all of those, all the moments sort of build into the next. And, you know, you never really feel like you're completely ready, you know? I, and I think that there's a beauty in that too, right? I feel like you always want to be on that threshold of feeling uncomfortable. That's, that's where we want to be because like the next great idea or the next part of you changing and growing is right past the threshold of the uncomfortable. So we always talk about like, there's actually a phrase that we have for the brand of like, we strive to be comfortable in the uncomfortable because that's where we can stay fresh. That's where we can like stay on the pulse and stay current and, and push ourselves to be like, is that the best idea? You know, uh, like, Ooh, does that, does that, do you get that feeling in that stomach? Do I, am I a little nervous before I tell you this idea that usually probably has something to it. Well, say what you want. I've been very comfortable chatting with you today. <laughs> uh, Greg Gonzalez, co-founder of Youth to the People. Greg, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been super fun. I'm Benjamin Gottlieb coming to you from our Shopify LA space. Shopify Masters is produced by Megan Coyle and Gogo Zoger. Our engineers are Matthew Schwartz and Miku Betlam. Our host is Shwang Esther Shan. And I'm Benjamin Gottlieb. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please come hang out with us next week for some more interviews from Los Angeles. (laughs) 